The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Welcome, everybody, to Second Stage. Jeff, it's been a little while since we've had a live show. This is exciting. Come back in action. It is exciting. We've been busy, though, haven't we, Brendan? Yeah, it's uh, the uh, annual meeting uh, we finally got, uh, we got done with for the, our, it's our 10th year, 10th year. That's right. It's always an exciting time of year for us, getting our, uh, our partner companies, CEOs, and the executive teams as well as our investors in the same room. Uh, and this year, we invited people from uh, kind of the investment community at large uh, that are kind of friends of our firm. And I think we ended up having about 130 people at our annual meeting, which was exciting. Yeah, if we had we known that, we would have uh, practiced a lot more, Jeff. It would have been awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> but that wouldn't be very entrepreneurial. We, we would have been us. Like no, I'd take it as it comes. Now, as as uh, the listeners know, uh, you were well prepared, and uh, I thought it went off uh, very, very well, and and it was exciting. It was neat to have all seven of the partner company CEOs there, and um, to telling their story, reflecting on kind of what they promised, what they what they delivered, what they see in the future, and as uh, you and I said to our investor base and some of the interested parties, it's uh, it's the best job in the world when uh, you get to work with those, some of those sorts of people. It really is a lot of fun. It sure is, uh, and what's also fun is having a, our uh, second stage show and having live guests. And our guest this week is Anise Cavanaugh. She can be found at, at Anise Cavanaugh. She is the author of Contagious Culture, Show Up, Set the Tone, and Intentionally Create an Organization that Thrives. Welcome to the second stage, Anise. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It hey, Jeff, is, I'm going to tell you a story. pleasure as always. I want to tell you a story about how I, uh, I, I met Anise probably for the second time at, at Small Giants, and I want to tell you how we got reacquainted. Can I, can I tell you that story real quick? Yes, please. Please. Well, she walked up to me, and she, just, she says, oh, excuse me, did I like, do something to offend you? And I said, well, no, why? And she says, well, it's your, your presence isn't exactly sending the vibes like you want to be here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm a back-of-the-room type of guy. Is it, uh, Anise, is that kind of how you recall it, too? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you were hanging back. So she uh, she set me straight, Jeff. I know I know you find this hard to believe, but uh, sometimes when I get uh, slugged in the gut and punched in the face a couple of times, I, I tend to remember those sorts of things. And uh, so I got the I got the full the full the full Anise. Well, Anise is an award winning organizational advisor, so it's no surprise that she would call you out, particularly when she's an expert on showing up. Uh, as I read the <laughs> statistics here on your website, it says that ninety three percent of our impact is how we show up, leaving only 7% of our impact to the words we actually say. Is, is that true? 
It's, uh, that was that was a study that was done at UCLA a couple of years ago, and it's the one that resonates for me. It's the one that I, I in the work that I do with people, I think that's right on. But there have been other studies saying it's seventy percent or ninety percent, or um, yes, yes. But the bottom line is, is that we absolutely how we show up, our intentions, our energy, and our presence is communicating often much, much louder than the words that we actually say or what we do. So uh, go ahead. Let's Jim. back up. We always like to hear about people's entrepreneurial. Journey before we get into the uh, more of the topics of the show, but uh, tell us how you got started as an entrepreneur. Sure, I uh, I actually started my career in kinesiology. I was working with athletes, and I thought I would be working with people on the field for the rest of my life. And I, um, you know, worked in the training room with football players and all those guys, and decided that didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. I loved it, but I, I wanted to do a little bit more. And very, very, very long story short, I moved into working with corporate, or not corporate yet, uh, cardiac rehab and working with people who were coming out of, you know, major, major procedures and trying to get them healthy again. And then I um, got frustrated by that because so much of what was happening in their lives, so much of what was happening, these interventions we were doing with their health could have been prevented if they'd had more tools, if they'd um, had a little bit more self-care, if they had more support. So that frustrated me. Then I went and I worked in corporate America and I did health and productivity and um, worked with executives to basically help them reduce their lost time and illness and injury and, and to help people have better performance. And what I realized, like the theme for all of these was that I loved, I loved working with all the people. I loved it when they won the game or when they had really great returns for the quarter or whatever. Um, but what was most important was that if we could get each of the people showing up and taking true accountability for their health and their well-being and, you know, how they showed up as leaders in the company or on the team or whatever – and that's what actually created the results. So that was an ongoing theme for me, and I um, kept working and working with other organizations. And then I had my baby, my first baby, and decided afterwards I was never going to work again. Um, I was just going to stay home with him forever. And that lasted about a year, and I really missed my work, but I didn't want to go back and work for anybody ever again. And I really, um, something had changed in me, and so I ended up creating a company, I took all of the favorite things I've done with athletes, with corporate, with um, well-being, with the cardiac rehab, and I put together a job description sitting in the front seat of my Dodge Durango. My son was taking a nap. I was waiting for him to wake up so I could go work out. I put together a job description on Post-its, and then I started to look at it and go, huh, this is a company. What would that look like? And that's how I started my company. I just basically merged all the things that I love doing with different clients and athletes, and I created a company out of it, basically. And he's tell, tell us a little bit about your company because I think that's a, you know, and then we'll kind of get into the to the book and some sure. of the some of the content. Sure. So my company, I work with organizations and business leaders. So I'll, I'll do do a couple couple of different things, but basically, organizations and business leaders who are looking to optimize their performance. And a lot of times, companies will have me come in and work with them around culture change. You know, they want to um, create more of a culture of leadership or um, accountability or whatever it might be, or innovation. Lots and lots of work with innovation and creativity. Um, and I'll go in and I'll work with the organization as an advisor and just kind of look at kind of what's happening overall from a cultural standpoint. And that, that's one way that we do it. We have programs that, that serve those organizations. And then I also work more closely with business leaders who are really wanting to optimize how they're showing up. And I'm the one that usually gets the call from people who say, gosh, you know, I've been, you know, I'm at the top of my game. I've got my PhD. I've got my MBA. I've got my stuff. I've got all this stuff. I'm actually making really great money. But for whatever reason, I'm not having the impact I want to have, or people don't love working with me, and I don't know why, or 
you know, I'm burnout, my relationships are falling apart, I don't feel well, you know, I'm, I'm overweight, like whatever it might be, there's, there's, they're having, they're getting results, but they're not feeling great or they're not having the impact they want. And nine times out of 10, it's the content that we're talking about on this call. It's what's in contagious culture. It's their intention, their energy, and their presence is not um, lining up. And so that gap is creating a gap in their ability to get to the next level. Well, and, and uh, for the for the listeners out there, um, Anise has got some. I mean, your your client list. I'm sure you've got some that we don't know, uh, we haven't heard of before. But uh, a lot of your clients, we have some very, very, very large companies, and it's got to be kind of overwhelming. And, and again, as a kind of a, a guys that deal with some smaller businesses, how do you how do you approach somebody like an IBM or a McDonald's or a or a BP Amico and and try to convince them that the culture's got to change or their culture needs yeah. some improvement? Yeah. Um, well, it's, you know, it's really funny. I don't, I don't actually approach them. I don't actually approach them. I, that sounds going to sound a little bit counterintuitive, but basically what happens is I used to go and here, here's the short, the short answer to that is those organizations, usually it's their executives that come to me privately to do this work. So they'll come cause they'll say that they'll want something where they want to be more connected to purpose. They want to have a little bit better, um, impact inside the company. They want to create culture change, but it's such a huge, huge organization. They're not sure where to start. So a lot of times they'll come to me to work with me privately or they'll come to our programs. And then companies like that will often have me come in to speak to their coaches, their internal coaches, to help them be better at coaching their internal management. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> well, look, sorry, uh, I'm dealing with my new 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 technology here, Brennan. This is my first time with our new microphone, so uh, we need Bar uh, bear we, with where's me Barbara? Here. She should be right at your side <laughs> showing you how to work that thing. Uh, you can, uh, as I had said at the outset of the show, you can follow uh, Anise at at Anise Cavanaugh. That's A N E S E Cavanaugh, and her website is www.anisecavanaugh.com. Uh, when we come back after this short break, we are going to hear a little bit more about the three elements of intentional energetic presence, which is uh, something that Anise has invented and wants to share with us, and uh, it's something we're, we're certainly excited to hear about. I also want to thank our sponsor, uh, McGladry LLP, their leading provider of assurance tax and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,750 people in 75 U.S. cities. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. 
If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjoke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson, and our guest, Anise Cavanaugh, award-winning organizational advisor and author of the book, Contagious Culture, Show Up, Set the Tone, and Intentionally Create an Organization that Thrives. Uh, you can follow Evolution at Evolution underscore CP on Twitter, uh, and you can also join this discussion using the hashtag, the. 2ND stage, that's the second stage. Uh, Anise, uh, why don't we uh, talk a little bit more about the three elements of intentional energetic presence? Hey, Jeff, I have a question um, first. Anise, and I'm sorry, sure. you know, I'm, yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's like, he's one of those studious guys that understands words and all that, <laughs> other, all that fancy stuff. Tell me, what is intentional energetic presence? Because it, it just, just sounds like such a big thing, and I'm, I'm a simple guy, you know? And, and, I, and as, you, as you can tell from the opening this, opening this thing, I, I need a lot of help with that. <laughs> Brendan, you make me laugh every time I talk to you. Um, okay, so intentional energetic presence. So there's two ways to look at it. One is if we break those three words down, so there's your intention, what you want to have happen. There's your energy, you know, how you take care of yourself and the energy you bring to the table. And then there's your presence, which in my mind, you know, people think about presence in different ways. I look at it really holistically. I look at it as in how present you are in this, in this current moment, your physical presence, uh, your presence to the reality of your life or your organization, how things are actually going. I, I mean, I just, I really look at presence very, very holistically. Um, your presence uh, in terms of you know, how people talk about you. So when you're, you know, often our presence is how people are talking about us when we're not in the room, right? So what is your leadership essence? We're just, we're constantly looking at people's presence and how they're showing up out in their organization. But those two things, the presence is so highly impacted by the intention that you have, the energy that you bring to the table, you know, and how you take care of yourself. So you break those three things down. That's, that's one way of looking at it. The other is just the simplest way of thinking of it is how are you showing up? You know, so when you walk into the room as an executive, as a team leader, as whatever your role is, as a parent, you set the tone. So we are at choice all the time with how we choose to show up in a room. And so if you think about it that way, it's just it's intentional, energetic presence and how I show up and the energy that I bring with me everywhere that I go. All right. So uh, quickly, when I when, when you uh, addressed me at the or when you kind of came up to me after the uh, one of, kind of the yeah. one, couple of the sessions, so uh, I was obviously lacking some some intentional energetic presence. <laughs> is, that, you, is that fair? Yeah, uh, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe, possibly. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. Right. You know, here's here's the thing, Brennan. Is I I asked. I came from a state of curiosity. I was really truly curious about you because I remember I had seen you in these events before. And both times I've been really curious about who you were and what you were up to and everything. And 
we'd never actually met. And so when I came up, my, what I was responding to was, I noticed that you usually kind of hung back and you were always watching. And, and there was a, you know, you and I talked about this afterwards and why that is. Like you're really checking things out, you're taking things, and there's a really positive intent there. So it's not that you were showing up badly. I just, I, I didn't, I really wanted to know you a little bit better. And what I was responding to was you hanging back and then also kind of that you have, um, you know, very intense face when you're, when you're paying attention to things. So it's got, you know, I think of it as the default face. We all have a default presence, which is our presence that we have or our facial expressions that we have when we think that no one's paying attention or when we're deep in thought. And sometimes that can communicate something that's not meant to be communicating, but that's why I asked you about it. Jeff, I just think she's being nice to me, but we'll uh, we'll get the real thing sooner or later. <laughs> you, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the show, we'll get the the straight scoop. You were you were a little scowly. I wasn't sure, but the thing is, is that I didn't want to make oh, anything I, up about it. So that's why I just came up to you and asked you. That's good. That's good. I'm yeah. yeah I uh, okay. Moving on. Get, getting getting back to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Get, getting to back to the, uh, I apologize, the constructive part of, uh, so it, step one, maybe I, maybe Jeff, I'm going to have to really listen here. So you may have to take over, but reboot uh, the present, be, reboot my presence. Maybe, maybe, talk, maybe that's what I was missing. Talk, let's talk about the first step. So there's, there's, yeah, there's three components to the IEP method. I started to realize years ago that there was an actual method to the madness of, of how I was working with people. And there's three major components that I think of in the IEP method. And the first one is your ability to reboot your presence in the moment. So, you know, even right now, you know, say I get distracted, it's like, how quickly can I just come back to this conversation right now? And to me, so much of that is just about awareness of am I present or am I not? So rebooting your presence in the moment and coming back to the present time is essential. Um, the other part of the presence reboot is before I even walk into a room, and this, this, maybe this is something that, that you could play with next time before we go to a small giants meeting, but before I even walk in the room, you know, I'm thinking, what is the impact? How do I want to show up before I walk into this room? And just having that thought, just having the intention of, you know what, I want to be a contribution to this room, or I want to show up as curious, or I want to just show up as present and interested, even that intention has a way of shifting how we show up when we walk into that room. So I've had clients who've talked about or who've actually painted doorknobs in their conference rooms before they, you know, and so that before they walk into a conference room with a meeting or with their team, just looking at the door, it reminds them, oh, yeah, my presence has impact. How do I want to show up when I walk in this room? And it's a really, really quick way to do a quick, quick presence reboot. So that's the one, that's the first component. The second component is the ability to create intentional impact, which I can, if you guys want to dive into that, it's a five-step formula. And that ability is happening, you know, I I did it before I got on this call with you guys. I do it before I have an intense conversation with one of my kids. Uh, I do it before I go into lead a session. It's, it's, it's really, you can do it when you're working with a team. It's for anything. It's really looking at what is the impact that you want to have, not only from an outcome, outcome standpoint, but from an emotional impact standpoint. So that's the second component of the IEP method. And the third is just building a really, really strong IEP foundation so that you take really good care of yourself so you don't burn out, you know, so that you, and that, that involves everything like your physical well-being, your mental well-being, um, you know, really paying attention to your, what I, I call it, your vibrational presence, you know, that the vibe that you put out there, um, you know, really paying attention to the energy of your relationships. You know, we're surrounded constantly by people who are either, um, elevating the energy of a room or they're detracting from it. And so it's, it's building a strong IP foundation gives you better facility and being able to navigate through that when you have that happen. So those three components, reboot, intentional <clears throat> impact, and take care of yourself. Yeah, Nice, you know, 
when I, I, I'm listening to you, and I think that Brendan and I are both high-energy people, uh, mm-hmm. but maintaining that intensity uh, or focus to go into a meeting with presence uh, can be difficult at times, particularly over the long haul. Uh, a lot of our business owners on the phone are entrepreneurs, and, and uh, which can get very difficult, many ups and downs. How do you, what do you do uh, really uh, to, to make sure that you show up with some energy uh, and, and even when times are tough or you're down or you're tired and so on and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So a couple things. One is that to me about 70% of this work is in awareness. So a lot of times people are running at a pace and they're moving so quickly from meeting to meeting to meeting that they don't even realize how they're feeling or how present they are. And so if they can add in a little bit extra awareness, that honestly is a game changer. That's a really quick game changer. So one, just awareness of how are you feeling and what does your body need to take care of itself? So a lot of times we'll do, you know, when I go into work with a group, we'll do an action, we'll do an energy check. You know, where I'm just asking people, just check in with your physical body, your physical energy, your mental energy, and your vibrational energy. You know, what is the energy you brought into the room? So even just asking that question has a tendency to kind of reboot the room as a whole and have people pay more attention to that. Other things are, you know, really simple things like making sure that you're really, you're really hydrated, paying attention to the kind of food that you're putting in your body, the kind of food that you're serving your team. You know, people will say all the time, oh, we want to have really, you know, we're going to do a two o'clock meeting and then they serve everybody pizza and donuts and all of a sudden then they wonder why the team is crashing, why they're having a hard time maintaining their energy. And it has, you know, oftentimes it has to do with the kind of food and, you know, how they're fueling their employees. So, you know, paying attention to little things like how you're eating, paying attention to your mental models, you know, the, um, you know, how, how do you, how does the way that you talk to yourself support you, you know, any, underneath any complaint is just an uncommunicated request. So for example, if I'm walking through and I'm feeling overwhelmed by all the stuff that's happening, I've got to go meeting to meeting to meeting and I'm finding myself in a state of complaining or feeling like, oh, what was me? I'm really, really busy or whatever. That is not necessarily an energetically supportive self-talk. It's not, it's not going to necessarily add to my energy. So I want to start paying attention to what is my self-talk and my language? And can I find something that's more invigorating than the way that I'm potentially talking to myself? So it's tons and tons of things like that. So this is, yeah. So this is a pretty broad uh, topic, obviously, because, you know, nutrition matters. So, uh, you know, some of the things that we have on our fridge here at Evolution Capital Partners probably would not uh, meet the criteria outlined in your book. Uh, are there certain foods uh, that you ought to keep in your in your uh, office fridge? I, I I think so. I mean, I, first of all, I'll just say that I'm not here to tell anybody how to eat. Like, I'm not. You know, I personally um, I have strong opinions about certain foods that you keep away from, but that's my per, you know that's personally. But what I found is that telling people you know like don't do this or don't do that, don't do this, it tends to put them in more resistance. So the invitation is instead to really start looking at how does food impact you. So if you can live on gluten and sugar and coffee and you're completely vitalized and you feel great and, you know, you can perform at your best, then I'll leave you alone. But nine times out of ten, people, when they start to put attention on how am I taking care of myself, they start to realize that there's foods that have a negative impact on them. So personally, when I go and I look at an organization, I'm looking for what kind of snacks do you have in there? Do you have, like, healthy, clean protein, almonds, um, hydrate, you know, water, all these different pieces, um, you know, are you getting your vegetables? I, it, you know, like, I sound like a mom right now, but it, it's really important. It, has well, it, so, it sounds think, like yeah. you, you think 
that you know to maintain that energy, you, you really got to consume what an athlete consumes throughout the day. I, yeah, I think of us all as athletes. I do. I think, I think that we're out there creating impact in the world and that we have one instrument of change to do that with, and that's our bodies. And so I look at our bodies as our best instrument of change, and so we have to think about how are we fueling it. And so I, I do think of it as an athlete. In fact, um, a lot of the people that have gone through our programs will talk about it as feeling like they're training for an event, and what they're training for is just simply their life or training for being able to sustain, to sustain themselves. And I think it's a super, super exciting time, you guys. I mean, you see this more than anybody. You know, there, there's so many amazing things that we get to participate, and we're getting busier and busier, and we're, we have more and more opportunities for multitasking. And that's not going to go away. So we have to make ourselves as, you know, as intentional, as energized, and as present as possible in order to sustain and, and really excel in the, the impact that we want to create. We're listening to our guest Jeff, here today that? on the second stage, Anise Cavanaugh, award-winning organizational advisor and uh, right author of Contagious Culture. Show up, set the tone, and intentionally create an organization that thrives. Uh, you can catch this episode and other episodes on the Voice America Business Channel at voiceofamerica.com. Um, so the other thing that you had talked about, Anise, was being positive in terms of how you're projecting yourself in terms of the words that you're using as opposed mm-hmm. to detracting from the conversation by being negative. Can you kind of expound on things, strategies that you can use when you are trying to attempt that, that method? Sure, absolutely. So, again, if you look at the language that you're using, I mean, I, know, I don't know about you guys, but um, if you think about if, if we wanted to really bore your, your listeners right now, we could start talking about how busy we are. Right, so, uh, so that's most, why most my, I, my wife is, is bored when I come home from work. I just I was just worried about whether the vodka Red Bull is still going to be in our fridge when I get out, done with this call. But uh, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so you know, so busy is a really interesting word. There's this, you know, busy has become the new fine in our culture. I find like you know, how are you doing? Busy, so busy, so busy, and it's become like this badge of honor. But if you really if you really think about it, the word busy, nobody really loves to hear about how busy the other person is. You know, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't find busy to be a very energizing word. So, I mean, I'll just use myself. Um, I started to realize a couple of years ago that uh, when people would start talking about how busy they were, or when I started talking about it, I'd feel tired. It was, it was an energetic detractor. And so I started to really look at, okay, wait, actually, I started to question that language, and I started to question that mindset and go, okay, what's, what's language that feels better to me? You know, yes, I have a lot on my plate. We all have the same 24 hours. What's language that feels better? So I started to change my language to I'm richly scheduled or I'm feeling really well used or I am on purpose. And that has a different feeling and a different tone for me energetically than the word busy does. And so it's little things like that. You start to play with that. The other language is things, you know, if I sit here and I start complaining, you're like, oh, it's so hot in here. It's so hot in here. I can't believe how hot it is in here or whatever my complaint might be. That's not really energizing, and it's not going to get anything done. Or take out the trash, take out the trash, take out the trash. Like, that doesn't, it's, it's exhausting, right? And so you start to look at what is language instead that would flip it. And if you look underneath that complaint, every complaint is just an uncommunicated request. So, you know, it's like instead of addressing, you know, wow, I'm noticing it's really warm in here. Can we turn up the air conditioning? Or, you know, wow, I'm noticing that the trash is still sitting on the kitchen floor. Would you mind taking it out? You know, so it's just looking for little, little tiny tweaks like that. Um, the other piece is noticing 
what's yours versus what's other people's. I mean, I've been in, you know, I remember I was in a, um, I was traveling and I had a trip that was 11 days long and I was, I was actually feeling really, really great. It was on day nine. I was in Chicago. I felt fantastic. And I went to dinner with some clients and I was talking about my trip and they're asking me, you know, like, well, where have you been? Da, 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 and we were going on. And one of the people stopped and she goes, oh my gosh, Anise, whew, you are so busy. And you could feel the energy of that, like the weight of that energy. And I went, no, no, actually, I feel really, like, I'm on purpose. I feel really, really good right now. And she goes, no, 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 you don't get it. You're so busy. And I remember sitting there in that moment with about four or five people and feeling my energy start to drain as I started to adopt her projection and her language of how I should be feeling right now. And I was lucky because I was able to catch it. But do, do you see what I'm saying? It's like really noticing what are, the way that you're talking, the language that you're using, and the way that you're navigating your life, like, is the way you talk about it, is it energizing or is it tiring? And if it's tiring or if it's not serving you, what are the little tweaks you can put in? Because those, those, those little tweaks have huge ripple impacts. Yeah, and I we're gonna, we're gonna have to wait. That, change the way that, we talk. Know, nobody wants to hear that you're having a bad day. And that's kind of the joke, you know. Even when you're having a horrible day, you just say fine because nobody, everyone has their own problems to deal with. But how do you? I guess I mean, is there something to be said for being transparent and honest and saying, yeah. "Hey, you know, um, I'm having a really rough day here." How do you present that so that you're not sucking the life out of a room or a conversation? Yeah, that's. Great. I So I, I always look to, I mean, I, I look at that in two ways. One is my internal dialogue happening. So if I'm having a really bad day, um, if there's internal dialogue and then there's external impact. So internal dialogue, I'm having a really bad day. There's a couple things. One, I want to allow myself to have a bad day and have the emotion of that. So I want, I want to allow myself to have that experience. I think a lot of business leaders don't allow themselves to have it because they think that they're in a leadership position, so they don't have the luxury of being in a bad mood or being frustrated or whatever, and so they try and kind of do what I call spiritual bypass and just skip over it. So I don't want anybody doing that. What I want is to be able to process and feel like, wow, I'm having a really bad day, and then I'm going to call Brendan. I'm going to go, hey, Brendan, can you talk to me for five minutes? I'm having a really bad day, and I'm going to have an honest, you know, heart-to-heart open clearing session with him just kind of processing through that, right? Or if I don't have the luxury of that, I might write myself a note, I might journal, I might, I might do whatever um, just to take care of myself. And then if I'm going to go in now and work with my team, there's, you know, I've got a couple of choices. I can go in and I can let that bad day ruin the meeting and I can bring all that energy in with me, or I can do a reboot before I go in and I can think, I can shift to a different state, which might be around gratitude, you know, like, wow, I'm so excited to get to be with my team or contribution, you know, how do I want to serve my team? Um, the state of curiosity, I can shift into the state of curiosity, like, wow, what's going to happen in this meeting? And any of those state shifters, if I can authentically tap into the energy and the feeling of that different state, it will start to help me shift that mood so that I can show up how I need to show up. Now, that being said, I'm not saying, like, don't be authentic and tell people you're having a bad mood, but be aware of your impact because a lot of times if I'm having a bad day, I don't have the luxury to go on stage or to go in to lead my team and to be in a really bad mood. So I want to have tools and awareness around how I'm showing up so that I can shift them so that it's authentic and it serves. You know, that's a great strategy. That's a great. What's that? Yeah, that's 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 very good. We're we're here with our guest Denise Cavanaugh, award-winning organizational advisor and author of Contagious Culture: Show Up, Set the Tone, and Intentionally Create an Organization that Thrives. Uh, we are uh, going to come 
Back here after a quick break on the second stage, uh, we were talking about the three elements of intentional energetic presence. And when we come back, we're going to move on to the second stage, which is creating uh, intentional impact. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show this second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick. I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, if you'd like to participate uh, in this show, you can certainly email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or join the discussion on our hashtag, the 2ND stage, the second stage. Uh, we are here with our guest, Anise Cavanaugh, uh, the author of Contagious Culture, Show Up, Set the Tone, and Intentionally Create an Organization that Thrives. We are, uh, we, when we laughed that last segment, we were really just finishing up on rebooting your presence, which is the first of three steps of the intentional energetic presence uh, method. Um, and I thought we'd move on to the second step there. Brendan, what do you think? I think it's great. And I, I'm, I, we, got, we, we got a lot of content we got to get through. And I've had the privilege of spending some time with Anise. So I, I, uh, I you know, and actually there's a lot more to the book. Uh, we probably should mention, you know, the book actually comes out uh, next Monday, right? Now, Monday the 16th. So yep. it's uh, got to be a challenging time. But, uh, you know, uh, obviously go to Amazon, go to 800ceoreads.com um, and, and, you know, pre-order the book. We'd, uh, uh, if you, uh, if you eat, the first 10 people to email me their name and uh, address, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll send you a copy. So uh, please, please do that. And, um, but um, let's talk about, um, you know, how to create the, um, the intentional impact and maybe the five steps to do, to do that. Sure. Sure. So, okay, great. So the five steps, I'll go over them quickly, and then I'll go into them a little bit more deeply. Um, the first step is getting really clear about the outcome that you want to create. So any meeting, any team project, that conversation with your kid, whatever it might be, you know, what is the outcome you want to create, um, which is basically, you know, what is it you're going to have as a result of doing this that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't had that conversation in the first place. The second thing you want to look at is your emotional impact. So, the emotional impact, what is the impact? How do I want the person in that conversation or the people in that conversation to feel? You know, we can go back and I can do an example afterwards. Okay. Um, the third 
step is to really get clear about how you need to show up. You know, what is your presence going to be in order to create those outcomes and that impact? Um, and this is a really important one because in order for me to create those outcomes and impact, I need to show up. I'm going to want to show up in a certain way. So again, I'll give you an example of that. The fourth step is what do I need to believe in order to show up that way? And this is one where people, this is, this is to me, this is gold. And this is often where people, they don't even think about it. Like they, this is where we most, most of us fall down is we're not aware of the beliefs that are driving our behavior. So what am I going to have to believe in order to show up well? And then the fifth step is just your, act, your actions. What am I going to actually have to do? Because if I just do the, fourth, the first four steps, like it's really lovely, but I'm not going to necessarily get anything done. So outcome, impact, show up, you know, your presence, uh, your beliefs, and in your actions. And if you can prepare ahead of time, um, even if it's just in your head and just kind of going through it, it just sets you up to better create the outcomes that you want to create. I um. You know, so, I, so I have a question. Like so, said, so oh, go on. Yep. You know, so I'm sorry. So, so, so you're going into a to a staff meeting, or let's say you're going to a, a small giants conference. Do you actually sit? I mean, sit down. Walk me through the mental thing. You sit down and say, "Here's what I want out of the conference. Yep. Here's what I want out of this 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 speaker." Tell me, tell me how you. What's your mindset there? You bet, absolutely. And Brendan, I know you missed you missed day one. I think you missed the morning of the thing, but yes. I actually did this with the entire group before we started the conference. That's how we kicked it off. Okay. So what? So what I'll do is it, it can be as it can be as complicated or as easy as you want to do it. Like I do it on post-its all the time. So I will literally, you know, if you know, walking into that conference or walking into that meeting, I'll go the outcomes. Okay. Well, I want to meet five new people. I want to have clear agreements. Um, let's see, what do you guys want to do? You guys want to do a conference or you want to do a meeting? Which one would be more valuable to you? Let's do a meeting. A meeting. Okay, great. So outcomes. What are three outcomes that you want from a meeting? Let's create the meeting together. What are three outcomes? I uh, want everybody to be on the same page. I mean, I want everybody to understand where we're going. And I want, I mean, it's, uh, is it that big or is it more specific? It's more specific. Yeah, it's more specific. So I want, so for example, I want alignment about this initiative. I want us to have three next steps in place and I want us to have an agreed upon date for our next offsite. So there's three, three outcomes. Um, the emotional impact, if you're having that meeting, you know, emotional impact, how do you want people to feel in that meeting? You know, so for me, if I'm, if I'm going into leading a meeting, I want people to feel safe. I want people to feel like they're believed in. I want people to feel inspired, and I want people to feel committed to whatever we're doing together. So that's how I want. So is that always feel. the same? Or is that always the same, or do you no. have to rethink that through? Okay. I always so you, think you, it through. Yep, I always okay. think it through. Um, definitely. And, and then the the trick to doing that is to just think about who are these human beings that you're going to go in and do this meeting with. Who are these human beings? What what kind of attention points might there be on the team? Um, you know, what are they going through? What is it you guys are all working towards together? If you can just kind of get in you know, your shoes and their shoes and just think about like, you know, how do you want them to feel so you can create those outcomes that, that right there will give you all the information that you need. Um, so once you've got that, I've got my outcomes. I know what I want to create. I've got my emotional impact. Now I want to look at, okay, how am I going to actually have to show up in order to create that? And so if I'm going in and I want to create safety, then I better show up in a way that is present, that's curious, that is open to, uh, you know, people taking risks. If somebody throws out a really horrible idea, I'm going to want to make sure that my energy is not one that goes straight to judgment or making them wrong, but more of open and curious, like, hmm, how can we create from that, right? So 
I really want to think about what is my, what is my energy going to be as I'm sitting there in that meeting and as I'm speaking to these people, because even that awareness again starts to set the tone to help me show up in that way. So I can, I'm better able to set up to create this outcome. Before you move on to three, yeah. or move on to four. So, so if there are other people in the room that just, that, you know, that they're not sharing the same, you know, maybe, you know, kind of uh, vibe. They're not sharing the same feeling you have. Is it, do you try to change them? Do you try to acknowledge that or you just kind of move on? Oh, so great. So there, there's a rule that is that the lowest vibration in the room will win. The lowest vibration wins in a meeting unless you're really good at holding your state. So if you guys ever notice that you go into a meeting, there's eight people Six of them are killing it. Everyone's in a good mood. And then there's these two people that just feel like they're completely committed to sinking the room. You guys ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, usually, usually it's oftentimes the two people that are in trouble, though. Yeah, right. right. It's, uh, right. it's Jeff right. and I, but go ahead. <laughs> it's, oh, it's often you and Jeff, right? Yeah. Um, no, I'm so, so here's the thing what, what normally happens is other people start to glom onto that. And then before you know it, you've got a lower vibration room. People now walk out of that meeting. It's not as productive, and now they're validated that meetings suck, right? So instead, you know, to your, to your question, Brendan, it's uh, if I'm noticing that there are people in the room that are lower energy or they're not, you know, they're, they're those, those people who are sinking the room. There's a couple things. One, the better I am as a leader of that team at holding my state and holding and keeping a high vibration and not matching them, you know, not getting hooked by them and all of a sudden getting so focused on trying to change them. Because the minute I start to do that, my energy starts to lower. So the better I am at holding my state, the more likely it's going to be that they're going to start to step up and bring up their own level of vibration. That doesn't always work that way, but sometimes it does, and that's my best bet is just to hold my state. If that doesn't work and there's still sink in the room, then I will get curious about it, and I'll say, hey, guys, you know what? I'm noticing what's going on over here. Like, how are you doing? I'll check in. How are you doing? What do you need? I'm noticing that it feels like the energy is low here. It feels like you guys aren't as excited about this. What's happening? And if I can address that from a place of curiosity versus judgment or being frustrated, um, if I can really give them a little bit of space, then oftentimes just giving them some attention and asking about it will start to shift it. And sometimes, really often, there's some gold in it. There might be a really good reason why those guys are not in a great mood about the project or they're not feeling good about the client. There might be some gold that we can unearth if I give them a little bit of space and I'm curious about it. And then Jeff, I think that's what happened at Small Giants Conference. I think that we just figured that out right there. Boom. Uh, I'm sorry. That was uh, – I, I got it. I got, you know, I'm, I'm a little slow, but I picked it up. I'm sorry. That so that not, was number three. That is not I'm what happened. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope I'm kidding, so, but I'm not sure. So, anyway. So the third thing that might happen is you go up and you ask the person, hey, what's going on with you? Like you pull them aside on a break or you just say, you know, hey, I'm noticing like what's happening. Like what do you need? I know – um, you know, there's a couple of companies that we talk about in the book that we interviewed. And I, I think, you know, Zingerman's, Brennan, you know, Zingerman's, you know, yep. Maggie Bayless, you know, she talks about that they've just made it part of their culture with these energy checks where if they're noticing that someone's a low energy and they're not coming up, they'll just simply ask them, like, what's going on with you? What do you need? And just that question itself gives that human being some space to kind of expand and then shift their state. So, it, you know, again, it's all the energy and the intention that's behind asking those questions that's going to going to create the result. Okay. So, so, so we, 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 we've done outcomes, we've done the impact presence, and then I interrupted you rudely. So, and then, so we, we, the beliefs, which we, you and I, which we talked about being so important, let me talk about yeah. how that's a big part. 
Yeah, beliefs. So beliefs are really big. So if I'm trying to shift the energy of that room or if I'm trying to lead my team in a project and I don't believe in the project or I don't believe in the person, like here's where I really see this happen is um, people go to give each other feedback and the whole time I'm giving you feedback, I'm not really believing in you. Like I really don't believe you're capable of, you know, doing the next thing. I don't believe you're, I don't, you know, whatever it is, I, or, I, or I'm coming from a state of judgment. If I'm coming from that and I'm giving you feedback that my beliefs about you are not supporting my presence. So that's something to really pay attention to. So, for example, with you, when I went up, it's not like I sat down and did a post of my five steps to impact for you, although I could have. I totally could have done that. That was more of a, that was more of a casual, organic, like, hey, I, I want to understand you better. So, but I could have. I could have done a post on you. Um, but I would say my beliefs, what I was believing about you was that you were a really interesting human being that I wanted to connect with and that I didn't know you know, I, I didn't know your story. I didn't know. Now I checked out a belief where I said, Hey, did I piss you off or something? Like I checked that off. So I had, I had a little quiet thing that went, gosh, we've seen each other a couple of times, but we've never actually connected. Did, did we, did I, did something happen? And so I did have that moment and I just wanted to clear it and that's why I did it. But my belief, my belief that would have supported my presence, which hopefully was inviting and open and whatnot, uh, that belief would have been, Hey, this is another human being who I would like to know that I want to connect with. I'm like, I, I still, I still, if, if we had like a, like more time than we do and, you know, we never do, but I'd love to dig into that more because it's, it's such a weird thing when you're in a meeting and, and you know, you're, you're just, you're, you know, you believe something, but you just don't know whether you have time or, 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 or the, the energy to confront somebody on their beliefs or their, you know, and, and maybe, maybe what yeah. I'm hearing is it doesn't matter. It matters what your beliefs are. Yeah. I, and I think, and I think even deeper than that, what matters is that I'm aware that I'm carrying assumptions all the time. I mean, I think okay. that is such a gift is you think about anything in your life that's not going right or anything, any relationship that feels tense, tense or you know, there's anything that's got a little bit of the ick of it and you just take a step back and go, okay, what beliefs am I holding? What assumptions am I holding? If I can give myself the gift of grace to create a little bit of space there and see that, all of a sudden that whole scenario has space to change and I can see different perspectives. But the most important thing is me realizing like I, I am a walking projection of my beliefs at every moment. So I want to be conscious of what they are and I want to be conscious about how they're impacting my behavior. And that's why the beliefs piece is so important. It's just, again, back to awareness and then, you know, doing something about it. How much of, and, and, and I'm way up, but uh, yeah. how much of, how much of like being able to reflect on yourself and, and being able to try to figure out what, what you're about and what, what, you know, is, is the beliefs part or is the, um, or is this whole IEP? I mean, the ability to look at yourself in a, in a reflect, in a kind of a fair way. It, it's huge. The, um, the book, the way that I wrote the book is backwards from how a lot of, you know, how, when, <laughs> A lot of people want to start, so it's called contagious culture. A lot of people want to start with culture and let's look at the organization and let's look at all that. And then, oh, we'll take care of the inner, the inner stuff later. Like that's kind of a luxury. We don't have time. Let's look at the culture. Let's look at leadership. Let's do, let's do all this other stuff. And the way that I wrote the book is the exact opposite where the first is five parts. And the first part is the foundation. So it, you know, goes into what showing up actually means. How are we contagious? What does showing up actually mean to you? Because my definition of showing up might be different than yours, and that's perfectly fine. What's important is that we're aware of what we what we believe in is important and how we show up. Um, so the first section is just the foundation. The second section is all about you as leader and you doing your personal work. So there's the core of the IEP model is what I call the essential you, and that's where we're looking at. 
your core values, your purpose, why you get out of bed in the morning, um, your ability to hold your own space and to be okay with being fully authentic in who you are versus who your business partner says you should be or your mom or your spouse or whatever. There's all these different components in the essential you. And then from there, we build into your leadership skills in Section 3. Then we move into your team and how this all shows up from a team IP standpoint. And then the fifth section or the fifth part of the book is the actual, okay, here's how this plays out in culture, and then there's case studies. So, you know, to answer your, that's a long, long, long answer to your question of, how important it is to you to be able to look at yourself, it's essential because your relationship with yourself is getting projected out to the people that you lead all the time. Scary. Absolutely scary. And then, all right, and so then number five is actions. And, 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 exactly. and not only actions now, but in the future, right? So maybe talk about, talk about how, what that, how that works. Yep. Yep. You bet. So action, it's, it's what we're going to do during the meeting. Uh, is there any prep that we need to do before the meeting? You know, is there is there something I want you to read beforehand? So if, is there something I want my team to do beforehand so they can be as prepared as possible? And then what are the actions we're going to do afterwards? So it's just it's just basically making all of it real so that we have a next step and everybody's in alignment about what those actions are. And I'll tell you that building in those five steps, I have I have clients, I, I was talking to a client today, she goes, gosh, I just realized that every time I'm on an airplane to go, to a meeting or to go somewhere, she goes, I'm doing these five steps. It's just become secondhand because what they're finding is they're cutting the amount of meetings that they need to have um, down significantly because everybody's doing their work ahead of time and they're more intentional when they get in that room about how they're going to show up and then how they're actually, what, what outcomes they actually want to create. All right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm running out of time, but I, my, mm. I, it would seem like this is so hard. And, and it just, mm. you know, to me, it's, it's hard to remember, hard to, 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 to kind of to the five things. Would you, you carry a list? I mean, is, it, is this easy or how did you train yourself to tackle this? It's, um, it's a great question. It's, uh, it's, it's the simplest thing in the world and it's the most difficult thing in the world. So here's the thing. None of what I talk about is rocket science. The implementation is the rocket science. Um, and I think this is what I would tell people is pick the littlest thing that resonated with you from this conversation and just tr- start trying, start playing with one thing. So if that's just simply being present in the moment and noticing when you're present and when you're not, if it's that, that's great because every single little step you make has a ripple effect to the next thing. Um, the other thing I would add is that, you know, we're having an impact all the time. We ha- we're present all the time. And so we're either having a positive impact or a negative impact or we're just beige. And so, like, I, you know, you're having that impact all the time. So why not add a little bit of intention into it? And it doesn't take extra time to add intention. It actually saves you a ton of time. But it is a muscle. It is a, a leadership muscle, so to speak, where you're uh, constantly checking yourself around, okay, how am I showing up? Am I creating the impact I want to create? What is my intention? Um, I would tell your listeners, pick, pick one thing. If you get really good at setting intentions. Start, being, um, start taking better care of yourself. You know, eat a better breakfast. Drink more water. Uh, work with your posture. Work on your breathing. You know, like any one thing. I have a, a friend of mine who says, if you change one thing, you change your life. You know, she changed her closet. She cleaned her closet out, and she said that had a huge impact on her leadership skills. So, you know, it's not, it's not hard, but at the same time, the hard part, here's the part about it, I think, is the discipline to keep coming back and taking care of yourself. You know, the discipline to lay in bed in the beginning of the day and before you jump on email and before you let your day get carried away and get completely overrun by, you know, everybody else's demands, the discipline in spending five minutes to think about how do I want to show up today? 
how do I want to take care of myself? How do I want to feel? What's the impact I want to have? Like any of those or all of them, that discipline will completely change the tone of your day. Easy, right, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> it's just easy. I sounds like like oh my gosh, oh my gosh. What? No, what but I, you know, I think it, it all it all makes a ton of sense. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's very good stuff. And I hope that our our listeners are out there. And I want to let everybody know that uh, you can uh, listen to our show by downloading the Voice America Talk Radio Network mobile app available on iOS or Android devices. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, searching for podcasts for the second stage. Uh, and I want to remind everyone that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncv.com. We want to hear what works and what does, doesn't. And we want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. Uh, Anise, uh, we had said earlier that your book is coming out on November 16th. Is that correct? That's correct. That's great. Now, you had also mentioned during the break that there are some resources on yeah. your website at www.anisecavanaugh.com. Uh, what, what is uh, on your website? That's great. So on the website, there's a virtual presence kit. There's a quick virtual presence kit, which is a huge infographic that's got especially for those of us that work virtually. It's just got some tips and some best practices put in place. It's got the five steps to intentional impact. It's really, really simple. It's also got a IET starter kit. It's got a uh, fieldwork guide. Like, there's a couple of things that they can get completely free. Like, just download them, knock yourself out, have fun with them. Um, but, that you know, if they can just play with even one of those, that's going to support them. The other piece I would just add, you guys, is it's simply ask yourself this one question. If you got nothing else from today, just start asking yourself the question, how am I showing up? That's it. How am I showing up? And when I think of that, I think about as for myself, how am I taking care of myself and how am I showing up for the people I lead? And just that question every day as often as possible will start to shift your impact because you'll have more attention there. And then you, you'll, you'll, you'll intuitively start to know what to do better. Do you want to explain that to me later? Our guest today, Anise Cavanaugh, award-winning organizational advisor. Uh, she can be followed on on Twitter at Anise Cavanaugh, and as I mentioned, her website www.anisecavanaugh.com. I'd also like to thank our listeners, our iTunes listeners, and uh, as you're listening, please don't forget to rate and review us as well. And uh, Brennan, unless you have any final thoughts, I was just going to scream out "Passion for Possibilities." Passion for Possibilities. If you send us your name and uh, and address, we'll get you a copy of the book. The first ten uh, people and. And I will have it read before the 16th. I've, I started uh, this weekend, and I'm very excited about it. And, and, and Anise, uh, as always, uh, it's great talking to you. I got lots of great thoughts and probably more questions, but I'll follow. we'll follow <laughs> up with those at a later time. And it's great. I think we got a lot of actionable advice today, Anise, and uh, really appreciated your, your energy and presence and impact uh, here You're on good, this, the second He's good. stage. He's good. He's good. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks, Anise. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Music.